You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. This is Gene Martz here on the Small Biz Ahead podcast. I'm, I'm bummed. John, John Ada Curtis is not here with me today. Um, I can't believe he's missing out on this conversation about uh, you know tax deductions. My gosh, what a, what a coincidence that for some reason he was unavailable. No, I'm just kidding. He he actually had a prior appointment, uh, could not make this conversation, but that's okay because listen, I'm the accountant here, and uh, I've got you know I've, I've got a colleague and a a partner in crime here that is also an accountant and a CPA, Hal Rosen, uh, who is joining us today. First of all, Hal, uh, let me let me first of all thank you for taking the time out of your day and uh, and joining me for this conversation. Well, it's good to be here. I always like to help small business people. It's at the, at the heart of my practice is, is what small pe- business people do. So I'm good. glad to help. I am glad to hear that. Now, Hal, you're a partner at Haney & Company. We will give the website as part of the show notes, but I believe it's HaneyCPAs.com, H-A-Y-N-I-E-C-P-A's.com. Is that correct? Right. And CPAs, because there's a, a former part of the company that spin off that's HaneyCPA.com. So that sometimes is confusing. Wow. So Got we it. have the S okay. on the so end of CPA. And you are a CPA as well, correct? That's correct. That's right. For how many years now? Um, it's been 43 years since I got my oh, license. Geez. Oh my goodness. That's a long time. Wow. I mean, did you take your, did you take the CPA exam like on a, like a, a stone with like a, a chisel, you know, to, to put in your answers or. <laughs> it was all manual. We didn't have computers when I took that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually mine was as well. I got my CPA in the eighties and, um, and you know, I don't even practice accounting per se. I don't do tax returns. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I was never a good CPA Hal for me. Like if it's close enough, it's good enough. And that's probably not the way you want to be if you're a good CPA. Uh, but I've kept my certificate over the years. I, I work so hard for it, and I'm proud of it. And I do use it, you know, for you know writing and all that. It's it's a great profession. And um, so you've been doing this for God four decades is amazing. Uh, you're based in Salt Lake, is that right? Salt Lake City. That's right, Salt Lake City. That's great. And tell me about your practice. Are you a tax guy or are you a general financial guy? Do you deal mostly with small businesses? Um, I deal mostly with small businesses. Um, I'm part of the tax department. I'm phasing out of taxes right now. In the last about a year and a half, we've been implementing uh, an automated uh, bookkeeping system and using technology to get out of manual entry and and Mm -hmm. let computers and the machines do more of of what they can. Um, I've used QuickBooks since DOS version one. I actually have my original diskettes framed on a bookshelf here. So I got on the I got on the QuickBooks bandwagon right from the beginning, and lots of other CPAs at the time were saying that's a joke of a program. It's not right. It doesn't do things like the the correct way. You know, in other words, journal entering all the changes and fixing everything that way. But I looked looked at it and said, well, it's right for my clients. Yes, because it's inexpensive. I can fix their mistakes in a hurry. It's user friendly. Now the DOS version was very plain. But it was lightning fast, and uh, and so it was just great for my clients. And yeah. uh, and so I've just built up a practice over the uh, over the decades of uh, using QuickBooks and helping clients with QuickBooks. Yeah. I have to ask you, being that you're in that technology world, and we are going to get into the topic of the day, which is the, the qualified business income tax deduction, the small business pass through deduction. 
But but before we get into that topic, you mentioned QuickBooks. You know, part of Intuit is uh, TurboTax. You know, there and there's a lot of competitors for tax preparation software that both individuals and small businesses use. Uh, just very quickly, like, what are your thoughts about tax preparation software? Do you can, can it replace a CPA for a small business? Do you do you ever advise a small business owner to like just get TurboTax or H and R Block or uh, do you do you not advise doing that? What are your thoughts on tax prep software for the small business owner? I have never advised either one of those. Uh, yeah, I don't. It used to be I would see lots of clients that would had figured their taxes on TurboTax and they get frustrated because they weren't simple and they'd come in to see me and I developed a philosophy that the IRS loves TurboTax. <laughs> Why is that? It's because I found people on average overpaid their taxes by $3,500 by using TurboTax. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. That's, that's um, a warning. A TurboTax tries to help people, but when you get into businesses and such, uh, and this is why the people came to see me in the first place, is they, they just didn't know all that was going on, and they ended up double-counting income. They ended up leaving off expenses that should have been deductible. And, you know, if, if you got W-2 income and maybe some interest and, and, and you're trying to use TurboTax, it's probably just great, except there, there's one thing I don't like about it. If you print out the return, you know, it, it, the return's like 125 pages. If we printed out that same return, it's probably 20. Right. Uh, they think they've got to print all these schedules and, and schedules that could fit on five pages. They expand it right. to, right. to 25 or 50 or whatever. So. You know, they for the right people they can help, but you know, if you're in business, you really need somebody you know like us that can help you that knows what's going on, and and we're and that's what we see, and that's that's how we help people. Uh, that other company you mentioned, uh, I would never recommend them because they they purchased they bought out my tax software company that I'd used for decades, mm. and in four years destroyed a wonderful company. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I've just gotten emails from both of those companies and they've now pulled out of their sponsorships for this podcast. So thanks a lot, Hal. I appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. They're not. They're not I one, one of them I didn't give by name. It's good advice that you can give to your clients. Um, and I, I'm in full agreement with you. I do think, um, you know, for, for some people, even some small businesses, they can get away with using a tax prep software. But it's like anything else. I think you need to have a human set of eyes. Uh, that really knows the business owner well and knows all the facts uh, to really provide the best type of tax advice. Now, you know, one of the biggest areas of taxes in the past, at least since 2017, has been this qualified uh, business income deduction, the the what's called the uh, you know the, the the small business pass through deduction. And I what I wanted to do is I wanted to sort of give you the floor. Um, you know, I, I, you can insult my my intelligence, what little of it that there is, and assume that I know nothing about this deduction. But it's a huge one for small business owners that run pass-throughs, because so many of us have S corps and uh, you know partnerships. So tell us about this deduction, and and you know, I'm going to ask you to also, you know, advise us on on what we should be asking our accountants about this deduction, is it to make sure that we're taking full advantage of it. So the floor is yours. Okay. So it, it, it let me just add, besides pass-through entities like partnerships and S-corps, it also works for sole proprietorships. In other words, a Schedule C okay. on the 1040 does not work for C-corps. That's only 
for those entities that pass through to the owner, saying a Schedule C is a pass-through entity as well. It's just a single person owner. It is a godsend to small businesses. It is huge. Essentially, it gives a, a deduction up to 20% of the income of the business, and it's called qualified business income, or we, we call it QBI mm-hmm. uh, deduction. So when you compute your income, you know whether you're a, a Schedule C or partnership or S-Corp, you normally, most businesses get a deduction that flows through. Well, it, it happens on your 1040, not on the, on the business return, of 20% of that income. Now, it may be up to 20% because there's some caveats in there and there's some limitations. But that is, is just an incredible deduction for these sure. small business people. So let me uh, let, let me stop you right there. So basically, if, if I made a thousand dollars in my business last year and say it was uh, an S corp, a partnership, or even a proprietorship, um, basically, you know, before this deduction, that entire thousand dollars would then show up on my individual return, and it would all get taxed the thousand dollars. But right. now, because of this deduction, only eight hundred dollars shows up, right? Because there's a twenty percent up to a twenty percent deduction I can take, which is, it, it, it's enormous for small businesses. You, you put in small numbers. I, let's talk maybe mm-hmm. a more typical okay. business. Let's say it's a business that made 150000 Okay. That's a $30,000 deduction. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, there's limitations. One, it depends on what type of business you're in. So if you're like me, an accountant, we're limited over a certain level of income, which depends on if we're married or, or single. If our income's over three hundred forty thousand for married or or half that for a single individual, then that phases out fairly quickly. Accountants, attorneys, doctors, dentists, uh, what you might call professionals or, or licensed individuals like us that are in the, the business of, of of serving the public, uh, are limited on that type of thing. Except for architects, for some reason, architects got an exemption. That's I don't know weird. why. But most businesses, most of my businesses, business clients qualify, you know, from restaurant owners. I've got a client that uh, services forklifts. I mean, just all kinds of business, real estate, real estate right. rental, those types of things. They how about, how, if I can ask, not to interrupt, but what about, because we do have quite a few uh, freelancers and independent contractors that that listen to this that, you know, might have a schedule, you know, a schedule C like proprietorship income on their return. Is that, do they qualify as well? Yes. Yes. And, yeah. you know, up to those limits, the 170,000 uh, in these get modified by for inflation every year. Mm-hmm. But for 2022, 170,000, if you're single or, or double that, if you're, if you're married, you don't have that limitation. A doctor, dentist, attorney, you right. know, one that's that's in personal services still gets to claim it. It's just that when you go above that, it phases out. So it's available for for anybody that's in business, depending on on what your income is and what your tax is. There may be even a limitation there, and you don't get the full twenty percent. But I would say ninety percent plus of my clients get the full twenty percent. So it's it's unusual that you don't. And let me give you an example. I've got. Uh, I've got a client. Uh, they own two restaurants in Idaho, in the Boise area. Uh, they're Hispanic restaurants. These, these, this couple, they work hard. They work really hard. They didn't go down when COVID hit because they had drive-through uh, service. They made in excess of eight hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. on these two restaurants. That's a hundred and sixty thousand deduction they got 
off of this. Mm, that's and, amazing. And, and, and we made them, we, a few years ago, we made them into an S-Corp. And so we, we fixed, they were taking too much W-2 pay out of it. They ended up saving, I think, about $75,000 in 2018, which was the first year this was, this was available. That's right. just incredible savings. And, and I've seen this across the board with so many of my clients that sure. it really has helped. Is it a complicated calculation to make? Has it, has it, you know, has it been more difficult for you as the accountant for a lot of these clients to take full advantage of this? Well, this is where software does come in. And I, and I use a software that's a sister to, to TurboTax. So I can't mm-hmm. slam TurboTax too bad, but <laughs> we use one for really old professionals. And it does most of the calculations, although we're often having to check them. Sometimes I'm surprised and we'll go back and look at stuff. But it is a somewhat complex calculation if you don't have the software that's doing it. Because let's say I've got multiple businesses and two of them had losses and one of them have a, had a gain. Right. Well, those right. losses get netted against the gains before the QBI is determined. So you can't exclude it. Or let's say I had a loss last year in my business and this year I've got a gain. Well, that last year's loss gets netted against this year's gain before QBI gets to calculate it. Okay. So so there are some things like that that figure in. Right. So that was my next question, actually. So what if I own multiple businesses? Um, how does the QBI deduction come into play? They all get netted on, I think it's probably having that number right, but I think it's form 8889 is they all go onto that form and you mm-hmm. net down to what is the net income. So losses get applied against gains Got and it. then it's calculated. Got it. Um, next question is... Um, if I wanted to make sure that my accountant was on the ball and and taking this deduction for me, say I was going to look at last year's tax return just to make sure, where would I look? Like, where would I find this deduction? Okay, don't look on your business return. So if you're filing okay. a 1065 partnership or 1120S S-Corp, you're not going to find it there. It okay. flows through to your 1040. So, you know, if you're on Schedule C, that's on the 1040 anywhere. So that's where you want to look. And you should have that Form 8889 that's in there. And you're going to see it um, before you get to taxable income on your 1040. So mm-hmm. you're going to have income. You're going to have itemized deductions. That all comes off. And and then you're going to see the QBI deduction coming off before taxable income is is calculated. And taxable income is what determines what tax bracket you're in and, and the calculation of your actual income tax. Got it. All right. A couple more questions and I'll leave you go because this is great stuff. Um, if, if there was a mistake made in prior years, uh, say my accountant wasn't doing their job, didn't take advantage of the deduction, you know, for whatever reason, um, what can a business owner do? You can amend back, you know, three years. Uh, typically, we say three years after the due mm-hmm. date, after you file your return or the due date of your return. So if mm-hmm. I filed, you know, uh, and we're talking the due date of the 1040 here which has generally been April 15th, except for the last two years. And even this year, it's April 18th. You look at that, if you extended your return and then you look at, let's say I filed in October, then three years after that, I that filing date, I can amend that return and go back and claim that deduction. Got it. All right. That's great. Final question. And I don't, don't want to get political here. I just want to, I just want to share the facts with our, you know, with our audience there was some talk of limiting this deduction in um, what some of the more recent legislation in Washington, uh, particularly the Build Back Better bill. There was some talk about, you know, for business owners that make more than $400,000 a year, this deduction would start phasing out. 
are you, is there anything we should be aware of or any business owners should be aware of about the future of this deduction that you might know um, or that might be giving you concern? Well, <laughs> with Congress, you've always got to be watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. The, the Build Back Better bill, which had all mm-hmm. kinds of changes impacting our small business owners, uh, did not pass. And and I don't see anything that I'm hearing that's they're working on that in Washington right now. Uh, I think it's dead. There are certain parts of that that may come back up separately or or may be resurrected. But, you know, this is a this is an election year, the end of this year. And that tends to stop Congress from making big changes. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm not seeing it right now. I think we're back uh you know, back in business with with the way we had it. And and it was really nice to not get a tax bill in in December this year, like we've seen so many years in the past. It's hard. It's really hard to plan. Uh, I mean, Build Back Better, when that was introduced about almost a year ago right now, that just threw a kink into tax planning for last year. Nobody really knew what to do because there was so many drastic changes. But it didn't end up being very many, which we're all celebrating that are in public accounting. Hal Rosen is a partner at Haney and Company, which is uh, www.haneycpas with an S dot com. That's H-A-Y-N-I-E-C-P-A's dot com. Hal, thank you so much for this conversation. This is perfect. Just we, we just talk specifically about this one deduction that all business owners should be aware of and I think you've given us all the information we need to talk to our accountants. So thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Glad to be with you. My name is Gene Marks, and thank you guys for listening as well. You've been listening to the Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. If you need advice, uh, tips, any help in running your business, please visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. Again, my name is Gene Marks. Thanks for listening. We will be back with another podcast edition soon. Take care.